0: Try that one more time so I can be heard. Good morning, everyone. Good morning Pastor Jason. <laughs> Good morning to all you that have joined us here today uh, in person at Camp Carl. And good morning to all of those that are watching us online. Uh, I was actually back there during worship, Corey. Don't get mad at me, but I was back there saying hi to everyone on the live stream. So um, not that I don't uh, love the worship that we do here. I just want to say hello to everyone. So um, Today we're going to continue on in our series of sermons that we've been talking about, changing prayers. But before we do, I just want to uh, mention real quick that this Saturday is our uh, Bridge Builders uh, training program. And so if you are going to be part of that Bridge Builders program, we need help. Uh, and if you want to be part of that, then what we're going to ask you to do uh, we're going to ask you not to dance, uh, but to come to a training session that we'll be doing at uh, Richtown United Methodist Church. At um, Saturday, beginning at 9 o'clock. So if you want to come out and join us, we'd love to have you join us. And uh, we'll be doing a Bridge Builder program there where we'll teach you how to do what we're going to be doing and the different jobs that will be available for us to do. So if you're available to do that, see me uh, at some point or shoot me a text and let me know that you'd be available to do that. For the actual volunteers, we would need volunteers from 3 o'clock to 5.30 on Wednesday. Uh, that's the time that Bridge Builders will be, so we'll need you uh, roughly about 3 to 5.30. So, Okay, great. Well, let's uh, jump right in. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8. We're going to start off today uh, talking, you know, the last few weeks we've been talking about these changing prayers and what it means to ask the Lord to change us and You know, a lot of times our prayer lives get stuck into this routine of just praying to God and asking God to give us something that we need. We desire to have more wealth, we desire to have more of this, we desire to have more of that, and we begin to pray and we begin to ask the Lord for those things. And there's nothing wrong with asking the Lord for the desires of our hearts. In fact, Scripture uh, tells us to ask the Lord, uh, to seek the Lord for the desires of your heart, and He will be happy to help us with those things. But there's also a time that we should understand that sometimes our prayers need to change and we need to change the way that we ask and change the way that we we talk and change the way that we do things. And so what we're looking at today is this verse in Isaiah chapter 6 and where Isaiah is having this conversation with God. Isaiah is known as one of the greatest prophets of all of Scripture. He heard from the Lord and he spoke and he shared, with the, he shared this message that the Lord had given to him and, and would go out into the cities and go out into the countries and he would share this message. And we find today, in this verse that we'll be reading here shortly, that Isaiah is having this moment with God. But you have to understand that we're going to read this verse, actually, let's jump there right now, we'll read this now. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8 says, And I heard the voice of the Lord, saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, here I am, send me. Isaiah, this is a very popular verse. If you've been in or around the church for uh, for any length of time, you've probably heard a message or heard someone say this message, here I am, Lord, send me. But we have to understand what this context of this verse is all about and where it's at. See, today, at this very time, Isaiah is coming before the Lord. But Isaiah has had something happen to him before this verse. If you read just shortly above that verse, we would find, and I don't have it on the screen, so I apologize. So if you're following along in your Bibles, you'll be able to see this. But Isaiah is having this this vision. He's seeing these things that are amazing, and he's crying out, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of glory, and the foundations of the threshold shook, and at the voice of who called, and the house was filled with smoke, and I said, woe is me, for I am lost. See, Isaiah's having this moment in time where he's before God and he's just sitting there and he's realizing that he's having this vision of seeing God on the throne. It's an amazing experience that some of us, all of us, should wish that we could have that type of experience where we see God on the throne. But seeing God in the way that Isaiah saw God caused him to pause. And the very first thing he said was, Woe is me. I am lost. Sounds very much like the first two uh, sermons of the the series that we talked about. Search me, know me, know my heart, search me and find out who I am inside of me. Search me and let me know where I am falling short and then lead me in your ways everlasting. And then, of course, last week we talked about uh, praying for God to break us, to break us of the things that we need to that keep us from being close to him. Isaiah's having this moment where he's crying out to the Lord and he's saying, forgive me, I'm lost. I'm a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. See, there is something that happens when we are approached, when we face and we see Jesus. There's something that happens when we see who God is. There's something that happens when we experience a time with God. Much like what happens When we're in worship, I don't know. There's something about that song, that last song we read or that we sang. You great are you, Lord, and it's my, it's your breath. I always like to replace the words a little bit. And and so, Corey, sorry if you ever hear me out there singing. I'm not singing, not trying to displace or change the words of the song. But I love to just say, it's your breath that's in my lungs. I like to personalize that, that verse a little bit. I like to personalize it because it's that experience, that crying out to God and saying, I can only talk, I can only breathe, I can only walk because it is you that is inside of me. Isaiah's having this moment of time where he's standing before the Lord and he's experiencing the Lord in a greater way. He's experiencing the Lord in such a way that he can only stand before God and say, I'm a sinner. The truth of the matter is, this message about being sent today, this message about asking the Lord to send me, can only happen if we are truly broken. That's why I started with these two uh, sermon series that I did, or the two sermons that I did in this past uh, previous week, starting with "Search me, know me, show me my faults, show me where I'm I, I'm falling short." And then to break me of those things, break me of who I am. We need to be broken. We need to be uh, found by the Lord and, and let the Lord work in us. Because it's only when we can do that, that we can then ask and turn to him and say, send me, Lord. Isaiah approaches the Lord and he says, or stands before the Lord and he says, I am unclean. My eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And then something magical happens, and he says, Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hands a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin atoned for amazing experience that's happening there. Isaiah is sitting there and he's experiencing God on the throne. And as he's praying and as he's admitting to the Lord that he's sinful and that he has unclean lips, a a seraphim, an angel, goes to the altar, picks up a, a, a hot burning coal, comes down to where Isaiah is, and he touches Isaiah's lips. In that way, Isaiah is being sanctified, if you will. Isaiah is being cleansed of his sin. Isaiah's immediate response after that comes to where we're at. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Isaiah didn't pause. Isaiah didn't say, well, wait a minute, let me check to see what my schedule's like next week. Isaiah didn't pause and say, I don't know if I have enough money in my bank account to do what you're asking me to do. Isaiah didn't say, "Lord, I I, I got to just take care of these things with my family. I got to just take care of these things. I got to take care of this. I got to do this. I got to do that." No, he immediately responds, "says Here I am, Lord, send me." Let's pause and pray and ask the Lord to be with us, Father. We thank you for this most wonderful and awesome day that you've given to us. Lord, you are worthy of being praised. It is truly your breath that's in our lungs. You give us the very air that we breathe, the very words that we speak. And as Isaiah said, we stand before the altar and say, Woe is me! I'm a man of unclean lips. I'm among unclean people with unclean lips. But Lord, we know that you come down, and as you did with Isaiah, Forgive us of our sins, and so we ask you that today, Father. Forgive us of our sins and falling short of you. Cleanse us, Lord, and help us to go. And Lord, may we know what it means to stand before you and say, here I am, Lord, send me. Father, I pray by the end of this day, by the end of this sermon, that we would not just say this word and just rattle this off, but there's meaning behind this, there's a purpose behind these things. And so I pray that you would teach us the meaning of what it what it actually means to stand before you and say, here I am, Lord, send me. Father, I pray for every single person here that you would remove all of the hindrances, all of the stumbling blocks that keep us from hearing from you. Holy Spirit, come and reign in this place, reign in our homes, reign in our hearts. Show us what we need to learn today from this message. We give you glory, we give you honor, we give you praise. In Jesus' most precious and holy name, amen. So Isaiah stands before God and he says, here I am, Lord, send me. Have you ever asked the question of where God wants you to go and why? Have you ever stood before the Lord and and maybe in your prayer life, maybe it was in your prayer closet, maybe it's just somewhere at a church and you just stood before the Lord and said, Lord, I don't know where you want me to go. Where do you want me to go and why should I go there? It's a logical question to ask. I mean, honestly, if we're working for someone and we're working for a boss, we want them to give us directions, and we want to know why they're giving us these directions. We don't just randomly go to someone on the street corner and says, "Hey, where should I go and why?" Have that person on the street corner tell you, "Oh, you need to go down here and do this." Well, no, not really. <laughs> I want to know why. There's this purpose of when we should go, and why should we go? See, why should we ask the Lord, where should I go? Why should we stand before the Lord and say, why should I go? What, what is it that the Lord wants us to do? There are many verses that we're going to jump in and we'll see here today. But Isaiah is standing before the Lord and he's saying, here I am, Lord, send me. Some of us in that very same way are standing before the Lord and we're asking the Lord those very same questions. What job should I take? Where should I go? Lord, I am without a job. I need your help. I need your direction. Maybe we're trying to make a decision on which college we should attend or what school we should go to or what offer we should take for a job or, or should, we, should we move and, and should we sell our house and move somewhere else? Some of these questions are important questions. Some of these things that we struggle with inside are important things. Isaiah has just had this amazing experience and an angel comes down and touches his lips with the coal as we read. And the very first thing he says is, Send me. The importance of this message cannot be understated. The importance of what the Lord wants to do to you and I and to Isaiah is very, very important. See, God wants to use every single person. It's not just a pastor, it's not just a worship leader, it's not just someone who plays keys or someone who plays drums or someone who sings or someone who runs tech in the back. The Lord wants to use every single person. Every single person in this room, the Lord wants to use you. He wants to fill you with a purpose. He wants to fill you with a plan. He wants to fill you with a direction. And He wants to send you out. But it starts with being cleansed. Isaiah is first cleansed and he's cleaned, his sins are forgiven. Let me encourage you today that if you're, if you're here and you're, and you're uh, dealing with something and you know that your life is not right, see, the Lord wants us to get right with him first before he's going to send us out. The reason why is because when he sends us out on a process, when he sends us out on a purpose, on a plan, he wants us to be close to him so that we can hear from him and know where he's directing us, to have faith. I'll never forget the days leading up to the time my wife and I were going to start Passion Community Church. I would like to say that it was some of the best times of my life, and it was wonderful, and we were all excited and all of those things, and we were. But the really funny thing is, is that we were going through a period of time of absolute pain and anguish. Everything that, was, that we would try to do just seemed to not work. <laughs> And I, I, I came before the Lord, my wife and I sat in our living room and we were with some good friends, um, Dave and Jan Wasco, unfortunately Dave passed away a few years ago, but we were with them in our, in our house and we were all praying together and, the, and I remember, I, I very clearly remember Dave just stops and he looks at me and he says, Jason, he goes, have you spent some time asking the Lord to forgive you of your sins? I said, I'm going to be a pastor, of course I have. And he goes, no, 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 seriously, have you got down on your knees and been truthful and just said, Lord, show me, show me where I am falling short. And so we did this for a period of time, and we actually spent almost a month and a half just asking the Lord to forgive us for things that have happened in our past, things that we had done, things that we had fallen short of the Lord, and, and we were just searching our hearts and spending this time of searching. And then immediately, not shortly after that, I remember the Lord just set us loose. After that point, everything seemed to come together and, and it was an amazing time of, of the church starting together to, to join together and people joining with us. It was an amazing thing. See, I, it's not always... Let me rephrase that. We must always go before the Lord and seek to ask Him to be broken. When we do that... The Lord will come down and he will cleanse us and he will send us out. He will send us out on an experience that will be a, uh, just a joy of a lifetime. The Lord wants to send you. The Lord wants to send you out. The Lord wants to cast you out into the, into the way. And, and we'll get into a little bit more of why and where the Lord wants to send us in a moment. But the Lord wants to send you, not me, not Corey. He wants to send you. See, every single person here in this room has a sphere of influence. Everyone has this people that they can communicate with that I can't. You know people that I don't. Yes, I know a lot of people, but I don't know as many as what, I don't know your sphere of influence. Some of them I may know, some of them we may have connections and those types of things, but the Lord is asking to send you. There are people that you come in contact on a daily basis that I may never see. And so it is important to understand that the Lord's purpose for us is that he uses us. We are his hands and feet. I, the Lord came down to this earth in a human form and he died on a cross for us and he spent his time on this earth and then when he went up into heaven he gave the job of sharing and, and being disciples to us. We have an opportunity to say yes. But the Lord is never going to force you. See, this is is the most wonderful thing about our Savior, about our God. He is not, he's a a God, he's a gentleman. He really is. Of all intent purposes. Everything that you could think of. He will never force you to do something. He always gives you a choice to choose. You could choose to worship him, or you can choose hell. Now, I would choose to worship him, right? That's the right choice to make. But God gives you a choice. He's not going to force you into something. He wants you to respond to him and say, Here I am, Lord, send me. He wants you to stand before him and say, I don't want to be forced into something. God doesn't want to force you to do anything. He wants you to choose to worship him. He wants you to choose to follow him. He wants you to choose to disciple others around you because of your relationship with him. Isaiah proudly proclaims, Here I am, Lord, send me. He didn't ask where he was going. He didn't even ask how he would get there. He didn't even ask to fill his bank accounts before he went. He didn't ask to make sure everything was in in connection and everything was taken care of and organized in the way that it was supposed to. He just simply stops and he says, Here I am, Lord, send me. Why? See, I believe too often... We don't go to the where and we don't do what the Lord asks us to do because we're doing it out of, we're doing it just because we feel like we have to. The Lord doesn't want to have a relationship with you because you have to have a relationship with him. He desires to have a relationship with you and he wants you to desire to have a relationship with him. Too often we Don't say, I want to go because we want to make everything right before we go. We think we have to get our family life in order. We have to get this in order. We have to get that in order. We have to get all of these things together. And then, Lord, when I get all those things together, I will go wherever you want me to go. The truth of the matter is is the Lord doesn't want you to do that because what that means is that there's something more important to you than the plan that he has for your life. If the plan that he has for your life is more important than everything else, then you would stand before him just like Isaiah and say, Send me, Lord. I'll go wherever you want to go. Now here's the problem. Most of us don't say, Send me, Lord. Because we're afraid he's going to send us to Africa. Or he's going to send us to some jungle. See, I was saying hi to Samuel, uh, our, one of our friends from um, El Salvador. At some point, Samuel got a call to go to El Salvador. Yes, the Lord does speak to us. Yes, the Lord does speak to your hearts. And sometimes he does ask you to go to places that you may not have chosen to go in the very first place. But most of the time when the Lord says, when the Lord wants you to stand before him and say, send me, he's not going to send you to, the, to Africa. He's not going to send you to the jungles of El Salvador. He may. But the most of the time he wants you to just be sent into your family. He wants you to be sent into your work. He wants you to be sent into your neighborhood. He wants you to change your neighborhoods, change the places around you. We don't say, Lord, send me, because we're afraid of where he's going to send us. Sometimes our relationship with our Lord isn't strong enough to say those words. And what I mean by that is sometimes we wouldn't rather be bothered to go where the Lord wants us to go because we're too comfortable in the place where we're at. See, most of the time, and a lot of times, people don't grow in their faith because they're real comfortable with where they're at. And so if I grow in my faith and I actually stand up before the Lord and say, send me, he may ask me to do something that's uncomfortable. He may ask me to go speak to my neighbors about the love that I have for my God. He may ask for me to sacrifice something and give it to someone who I don't want to give it to. He may ask you to go speak to someone and embarrass yourself and put yourself on the line and you may not want to do that. See, it's much more comfortable to stand there and do nothing. And so that's where the majority, I believe, of Christians find themselves. They find themselves in the comfort zone of life where they're not really going to stand up before the Lord and say, send me, because they're too comfortable with where they're at. As your pastor, I'd like to just come around and go, wham, kick you right in the behind. Get going, come on now. You should never be comfortable with where we're at. The most uncomfortable place in life is where you're at currently right now. Why? Because that means you're not growing, you're not going anywhere. You're in this certain place. Now, if you're growing and you're only here for a moment and you're looking towards the future, then you should be okay. But if you got into a rut, if you're in a place where you don't want to move and you're just going to stay here because you're comfortable here, that's not growing in the Lord. That's growing in the comfort of your life and you're liking the worldly vision instead of what the Lord has for you. Isaiah was willing to be sent because of the relationship and love he had for God. My question for you is, do you have that kind of love and relationship? See, Isaiah was able to stand before the Lord and say, I am unclean, my lips are unclean, I I, I live among unclean people, but come and cleanse me and help me, Lord. And when Isaiah was cleansed, then he said, send me, I'll go wherever you want me to go. I'll do whatever you want me to do. Here I am, Lord, send me. He was able to do that because Isaiah had this amazing relationship with the Lord. Now, if you, if you read your scripture and you go anywhere else in the book of Isaiah, you find that Isaiah's life was not easy at all. In fact, for a period of the book, he's chased by other prophets who want to kill Isaiah because of his message. Isaiah had to speak some unpopular words, he had to say some unpopular things, but Isaiah was able to do that because he stood before the Lord and he had a relationship with the Lord that was so great and so deep that it didn't matter what the Lord was going to ask him because he knew that he would be taken care of. It was out of the respect and relationship and love that he had for God that he was able to stand up and say, here I am, Lord, send me. It was out of that same respect, out of that same love, out of that same relationship that he was able to go and face those that wanted to kill him. It was the same respect, same love, same relationship that he was able to go into cities and speak the word that God had given to them, to to him, to give to the other, to give to others. I think too often we're waiting again for the perfect situation. The perfect situation is in your relationship with the Lord. If you have a perfect relationship, or you're waiting for the perfect time, it better be in that time with the Lord. We need to stop putting hurdles in our path to serving Him. Stop waiting to be to be, to stop waiting for everything to be perfect to be sent out. And stand like Isaiah did and say, here I am, Lord, send me. I'm not afraid to go where you're going to ask me to go. I'm not afraid to say what you're going to ask me to say. I'm okay with, with uh, sacrificing my time and energy. That's another thing. A lot of people don't like to go because that means they're going to have to sacrifice time. And they're going to have to sacrifice energy. You know, I'd really like to bless this person to do that, but that means I have to stop watching my TV show and I have to stop watching Netflix and I have to you know, turn it off and actually walk out of my house and walk across my street to my neighbor and talk to my neighbor and have a conversation with them. And I'm going to miss my favorite TV show. I'm going to miss this. I'm going to miss that. I'm going to miss whatever it is. The simple fact is that the Lord wants you to sacrifice all that you have to him. But it's not a sacrifice because when we do what the Lord asks us to do, we experience such a greater uh, blessing that you'll never understand until you do it. You know, as a side note, do you think God was surprised or shocked at Isaiah's statement? No, God's never shocked or surprised by our statements. God knows us better than anyone else. I've said this the last two weeks, and I'll say this again. There's nothing inside of your heart, inside of your body, inside of your walk with the Lord. There's nothing inside of your walk period of life that the Lord doesn't already know about. It was a surprise that Isaiah came to him and said, here I am, Lord, send me. He knew Isaiah's heart. He knew where Isaiah was. And he was willing to come alongside Isaiah. He knows exactly what's inside of your heart. He knows exactly what's inside your words and the the words that you speak. He knows what you desire and what you really want. So the simple fact is this. We can either keep trying to think we're hiding it from God or we can be honest with God and say, here's my heart, Lord. It's unclean. It's not right. It's not where it should be, but here it is, Lord. And then he would be happy. After all, he sent his only son to come to this earth to die for you and I. He'd be happy to help you and to come to this place to walk with you. My question for you today is what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? What what else needs to be said? What else needs to be done for you to sacrifice and have a relationship with God that is above and beyond anything else that you have? Your relationship with God is more important than your relationship with your wife, your kids, and anything else that you have on this earth. Doesn't mean that we don't love her wife. Or husband doesn't mean that we don't love our kids or our grandkids. I guess I'll find out someday. Right, Becca and Robert? <laughs> nothing about putting them on spot. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is, is that nothing that we have on this earth is more important than our relationship with God. Nothing! And so stop waiting for everything to be perfect and start Working towards a perfect God instead, who wants to ha- and has a perfect plan for your life. Walk with Him. Matthew chapter twenty-eight, verse sixteen through twenty. Pastor Chaz and I talk about this often. This is one of our favorite verses because it talks about disciples. This is the great commandment, the great commission, I should say. And Matthew is telling us as. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. That was doubting Thomas, if you don't remember. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Have you ever asked the Lord what you need to do? I mean, serious. We, we often ask the Lord, should I marry this person? I remember uh, leading, the days leading up to me asking uh, my wife to marry me. I remember those days clearly. And I spent... I think it was three or four weeks, fasting and praying. Every single day I'd get up and I'd start on my knees praying to God and every single night I'd go to bed. Because I, was, I, I knew I loved her. I knew that I wanted to have a relationship with her, but I wanted to make sure this was the one God wanted me to have. This, is, I, this was a time that I was asking the Lord, is Jennifer the one for me? Is she the one that I need to spend the rest of my life with? And I spent this time two weeks leading up to this, and I, and I just prayed and asked. And the Lord responded and said yes, and gave me the, the comfort of knowing that she was the one for me. Now, I will tell you that sometimes discussions and questions and prayers that we ask the Lord like that are very easy to ask. Who we're going to ask, who we're going to ask to marry us, who, or who we're going to ask to marry where I should work, what job should I go to. Uh, sometimes we ask about our health because our health is, may not be where it's supposed to be and so we pray and we ask the Lord for that. It's easy sometimes to ask the Lord for blessing us, finances. Those, these are the things that we all pray for that are easy, that roll off of our tongues. These are common things. But sometimes the Lord wants to go beyond that and just really ask the Lord, what is it that you want me to do? Where is it that you want me to go? If you ever asked that question and you don't have an answer to that question, you can start right here. Matthew 28, verse 16 through 20 gives us the answer here. Very clearly gives us the answer that Jesus tells us. These are some of Jesus' last words that he has on this earth before he goes. If you ever wondered about what you should do, you should listen to the words of a man who's not going to be on this earth very much longer. That is Jesus. His, some of his very last words tell us Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of age. This should be the basic of what every Christian in every single area of all around the world starts with in their life. If you are following Christ, you have clearly asked him to forgive you of your sins, and you have made that commitment to him, then the very next thing that you have to do is follow God's commandments, and his commission to you. And his commission is for you to go out into the world and to make disciples. There is no reason. There's no shortcutting this. There's no way around this. This was Jesus' commands to his disciples and to us. That when you come to know and you have a relationship with the Lord, that you are to then take the next step, go out, make disciples of all men. That includes ladies, by the way. Of all nations, the ESV says, I'm still, remember this in the King James Version baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So we are to go and make disciples. What does it mean to make someone a disciple? It means you go out and you teach them about following Christ. Why should they follow Christ? You teach them exactly what he did on the cross for you. There's no, it's, listen, it's really simple. Why did you come to know Christ? Why did you come to a saving knowledge of him? That reason why you came is what someone else needs to hear. And the Lord is calling you to go out and do that, to make disciples of all nation, nations, baptizing them. We baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Baptizing them in water. And then he goes on to say, Jesus goes on and says, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. So not only do you win people to Christ, not only do you go and tell them the importance of following Christ, but then you teach them what you have learned. Now, I I don't know how many of you actually go home from here and take anything that I say and apply it to your life. I pray that you all do, to some extent. I do, I can tell you that. I'm the first one who hears this message, and I'm probably the worst one to, I'm the first one that gets affected by it, because I preach to myself, the Lord preaches to me as I'm writing this message. But we are to go out and take what we have learned, and then teach others. That means every single one of you could have a job. So Your job is to go out and win people to Christ. To go to your neighbors and tell your neighbors how wonderful the Lord is and what he's done in your life. And then you could go to someone else and say, not only is the Lord wonderful, but listen to what I just learned. Listen to what it means. I just was taught how to pray and ask the Lord to break me. Now that sounds like a lot of fun, doesn't it? <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is we need people to do that. We need people to take the message of what you're learning and hear, And take and teach others to become disciples. When we say, send me, this is what it means. When we say, send me, what what Jesus is telling us is to go out and make disciples. Go out and work for him. Be the hands and feet that he has called us to be. You remember? Just pause for a moment. Remember that time when you wanted something really, really bad? And you said, Lord... I'll do anything. I'll do anything for you if you just do this. Remember that time when you promised all things that you had? I'll give up anything, Lord. I'll stop doing this. I'll stop doing that. I'll go to church every Sunday. I'll pray every single night. I'll pick up the Bible and read it every single Well, guess what? Those words don't fall on deaf ears, and it's time to, it's time to pay, pay up. No, oh, I'm kidding. All right. No, this in all seriousness, though, this is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to, that that desire of we're willing to give up anything that we have and we make those promises to God should be the way that we live all the time. We should be willing to go and give up anything for him. We should be willing to go to our neighbors. We should be willing to go to our family members. We should be willing to go to the co-workers and those that are struggling and pray and and pray with them and ask them and help them and, and just be there and give them God. Be the witnesses that God has called you to be. God has, if you have experienced him in any way, shape, or form, he has had the gospel, his gospel, change your life. And so therefore, it is your job to go out and share the gospel with others. Let them see the change that Jesus is doing inside of you and share that with them. It's okay to be honest. Listen, I'm honest with people all the time. When someone comes and says, do you always really want to go to church on Sunday morning? No. No. <laughs> There's some Sunday mornings I wake up and I'm like, I'd just rather stay in bed, to be honest with you. But I have to stop and I have to say, this is my time to worship my God. This is my time when I get to come together with friends and family and experience God together. So whatever feelings I was feeling before that, I put that behind and I choose Him because my relationship with Him is more important than anything else in my life. Jesus is asking us to go. The simple fact is that somehow we've really confused this message of what it means to go and be disciples of Jesus. Somehow we have wait, you know, somehow we think that we have to we have to get all of our ducks in the order. We have to know all of this information. I need to know the Bible, so I'm gonna sleep with it on my head, so I have osmosis, right? Is that osmosis? What's that called? That's not osmosis, where it, well, whatever it's called. Yeah. The truth of the matter is, is that the way we learn what's in this scripture, the way that this scripture gets into our mind and the way that goes from our mind to our heart, is by living it out. By reading the words and then living it out. If we read Isaiah and it says, here I am, Lord, send me, and we do nothing with it, then what have we learned from that? Nothing. We've learned absolutely Nothing. But if we learn that Isaiah says, here I am, Lord, send me, so therefore I should be saying, here I am, Lord, send me. The Lord was happy with Isaiah to send him, and so he would be happy to send you as you are right here and right now. The only pretext to all of this is that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I have known people, and I have had conversations with people, some of them right here in this church, that said, I can't be a disciple because I don't know enough. (laughs) Bullpucky, if you have been one to Christ, if you have gave your heart to him, if you have given all that you have to him, then you can go out and teach someone else to do the same thing. It doesn't matter your knowledge, it doesn't matter what you know, it doesn't matter what you don't know, it matters of your relationship with him. If you have a relationship and he means something to you, then you're going to go, you should go. Why do we have time and words to share about everything except our God? We have time to watch everything. You know that? My wife and I are in the middle of watching uh, a series on Netflix. And uh, if we're not careful, we can sit down and turn on Netflix and start watching it like about five or six episodes later. We're like, oh, we should have shut that off a long time ago. We don't think twice about that, though. All the time and energy we put into watching that, we don't think twice about that. The hobbies that we have. It's soon to be maple season. I can't wait to be tapping maple trees soon. I'll be spending a lot of time doing trees, carrying, lugging uh, sap, boiling sap down to make it into syrup. That's fun to me, but I don't think twice about that time. I always find time to fit that in there. Sometimes I'm up until 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning out along a fire in my backyard, boiling sap. Why? Because I like doing it. How come it's like, we can find time for all of those things. We, we find time for our hobbies. We find time for the things we like to do. Except for God. Interesting to me. We are so quick to fight about, a, about a, a political candidate. We're so quick to stand up and yell and scream and do all of these things about a certain political candidate. We're, we're, we're even more likely to stand up and yell and scream about a football team that we love and we cheer for and we wear the, we wear the shirts and the jerseys and all of those things. We represent you know, hobbies and actions and, and all of these things. And, and listen, none of those are bad things. I'm saying they're good things. But we find time to do all of those things because we love that. And we want to have those hobbies and share those things. But when it comes to sharing the Lord, oh, I don't know if I have time for that. I don't know if I have time to help in the nursery at church because, you know, I have to deal with kids all week long. I don't know if I can have time to do whatever it is that I have to do because... You know, I'm just really tired when I get home from work and I just need to sit down and I need to just, just chill out for a little while. And I'm speaking to myself here, by the way. I'm not speaking for anyone else. We find time for everything in our life except for sharing the Lord. We need to find time to share the gospel of Christ because that's what we're called to do. The Great Commission was for us to go out and do those things. The very last words that Jesus gave to us Acts chapter 1, verses 7 through 8, says, He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the season that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be witnesses, my witnesses, in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. These are the very last words that Jesus speaks to his disciples before he's raised up into the heavens. It is the last thing that he says to them. And what does he say to them? He says, first of all, don't don't, don't worry about the times. Don't worry about when the end time is going to come. Don't worry about the, are we approaching the end times? I certainly believe so, but I'm not worried about that. My job is not to worry about when the end times come. My job is to do what the Lord has called me to do. It is his own authority. He has fixed time. And he has fixed his, it's under his authority that this is going to happen. But what I focus on is the verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. This is a map for all of us in this room, all of us across this nation to understand this is what the Lord wants us to do. The Lord says that you are going to receive power from the Holy Spirit. How do you receive power from the Holy Spirit? Is by giving your life to Christ. When you give your life to Christ, the Holy Spirit comes inside of you. Now, certain denominations and certain people believe that there's an activation of that Holy Spirit, and so do we. We believe that you can activate that Holy Spirit, but you have the Holy Spirit when you ask Christ into your heart. When you have that Holy Spirit with you, he's going to give you the power to do what he's called you to do. Now, in this verse, he tells the disciples, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria to the und, or the outer ends of the earth, or to the ends of the earth, depending on what translation you're following. So the question is, where do you want me to go? Or you want me to go where? The very first question that comes in our mind when we say the Lord is going to send us somewhere is we often think he's going to send us into the jungles or he's going to send us to Africa or he's going to send us to some Muslim country where we're going to have to put our life on the, on the line. That's the very first thing that we all think of. Now, I, I won't ask you to raise your hands, but if you're honest with yourself, one of the problems with praying to ask the Lord where he wants you to send me is that you're afraid of that. You're afraid of where the Lord's going to ask you to go. Well, Jesus gives us a plan. Jesus gives us a map of what we should do. The very final words of Jesus was to give his disciples a map of what they should do. We get caught up in this fear that God is going to ask us to go somewhere where we don't want to go, but the fact is very clear that Jesus asked them to start in their own neighborhood. Jesus asked them to start in their immediate surroundings. Jerusalem, when Jesus says... You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. Jerusalem was the city that they were a part of. That's where they were. That's the upper room that they retreated to after Jesus left, where they're afraid. They're waiting for the Holy Spirit to come, but they're also fearful because the, the Roman soldiers are looking for them. The Sadducees and Pharisees want to destroy them because they have killed Jesus, and now they're ready to kill the disciples. And, and Jesus tells them to go to Jerusalem. Wait for the Holy Spirit to come upon them. And then as the Holy Spirit rests upon them, they're called to go to Jerusalem, to preach in Jerusalem, to share the message of Jerusalem. Jerusalem was their neighborhood. It was where they were at. So Jesus is asking you and I not to go to Africa, not to go to El Salvador. All of those places are wonderful, and maybe he will eventually ask you to go to one of those places. But he asks you to start in your neighborhood, to start in your home. To start in your school, to start in your college, to start in your workforce, in your job, wherever you're at. Share there. Be Be the disciple that God has called you to there. That is the where Jesus wants you to go. But it doesn't just stop in Jerusalem. Jesus then tells them to go to Judea. Judea was the state around Jerusalem, if you will. Some have said it's the region, if you will, like Northeast Ohio, or some have even called it a little bit bigger than that, the state of Ohio, if you will. So if Jerusalem is your neighborhood, that's your city, then Judea is the city or the the area around that. It's a little bit bigger. And so the, the, the concept here is that you're not going to just share with the people in your neighborhood, but you're going to start there. You're going to start with the people you know best your neighbors, your friends, your coworkers, the people that you do your hobbies with. And then what you're going to do after that is that you're going to go a little bit bigger than that. Because what's happening is that it doesn't stay in Jerusalem. So you understand if, if if one man or one woman gets on fire for the Lord and begins to share their life with one other person, that one other person is taught to be a disciple and what should they do? They should then go out and share with someone else and then those two people share with someone else. And before you know it, the, the exponential growth of Christianity is on fire and that's how it originally grew. Now, in the past few years, what has happened is that Christianity is on the decline. Why? Because men and women who are in the church are comfortable with setting their rears in the seats and not doing anything else. They're not comfortable with getting out and sharing with their neighbors. They're not comfortable with going and sharing with their coworkers and the, the people that you do hobbies with and whatever else it is. The people in your sphere of influence. The Lord wants you to go to your neighbors, share the gospel with your neighbors, it's easy to do. Listen, bake them cookies and send them over and say, I'm just sending these to you because I just want to let you know that God loves you. I'm just going to give you these cookies. In the summertime, go over and mow the yard. When they ask you why you did it, just say, well, you know what, I just felt like God wanted me to bless you. Eventually, they're going to start asking questions. Eventually, they're going to start saying, wait a minute, why are you doing this? Why is God, why, what do you mean God wants to bless me? What do you mean by that? If you go and you share with your neighbors, you share with your family members, and you begin to teach them not only to, to, to experience a relationship with Christ, but then to be disciples and to learn and grow to the other people and then to go out and do this the same way, then you can see how Christianity will grow again. It really gets down to one simple question, though. Because after Judea, Jesus says, go to Jerusalem... Judea Samaria Samaria was the country if you will the region the large scale region around them and then he says to go to the outer ends of the earth that's when you may have to go to Africa or El Salvador I'm giving you some love today Samuel from El Salvador just to let you know but it really comes down to this one simple question are you willing to go and ask the worship team to come and ask you this very simple question. Are you willing to go? Are you willing to sacrifice everything that you have for Him? I'm ending this sermon series today. This Changing Prayer sermon series is coming to a close today. Today's the last Sunday that we'll be talking about this. There are many other prayers in scripture that you can read that were changing, but I wanted to end with this one because I think this is important. The gospel of Christ, the gospel of Jesus, the one that says he loves us so much so that he died on the cross for you and I was done so that you and I would go forth from this place. But we must first come to a place and ask the Lord to forgive us. We must first come to a place and say, Lord, forgive us, break me. Help me to grow closer to you. And then, Lord, I stand before you and say, Here I am, send me. I don't care where what's I don't care about the time it's going to take. I don't care about the energy it's going to, going to need me to expel. I don't care that my bank accounts aren't full. I don't care that I don't know everything. But I'm going to go because you have called me to go. Because my relationship with you and what you have done with me is so much greater than anything else in this earth. The only thing I can do to even begin to thank you for that, is to go and share the message with others. The reality of this question really goes to, are you willing to go, and do you care enough? Jesus said that we are to go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey those commands. If we don't go and make disciples, if we don't teach people, what are we doing? The reality is we're condemning those people that we don't spend time with to help if we're not willing to share the gospel with people around us, if we're not willing to share how much Jesus loves us and what he's done for us, then what we are doing is not, we're just telling, we're just thinking, I don't care enough about that person. I don't know about you. Even my worst enemies, I don't want to condemn to hell. Some people in my life that have caused trouble in my life. Has caused difficult in my life. But even those people tear me up for the thought that they could spend eternity. I'll just think about it family members, loved ones, neighbors, people around you, your co workers. We often joke about having work husbands and work wives and work moms and dads and those types of things, but could you imagine? those people spending eternity in a place that's everlasting pain and suffering. The truth of the matter is is that when we're not willing to go, what we're doing is we're condemning people. There are people in your life that only you can reach. God has done a miracle. God has done an amazing thing in your life. And if he's done that amazing thing in your life, he has specifically done that... Sorry. specifically has done that. It specifically put those people in your life for you to have a relationship with them so you can share the gospel of Christ with them. I wish that I could reach down and touch every single person in every one of our families. There's people in my family I wish would come to know Christ. People I pray for every single day in my family right now that I wish they would come to Christ. And every chance I get with them, I try to share the gospel of Christ with them. I try to share the gospel of Jesus with them, asking the Lord to change their lives. But at the end of the day, it's our jobs. Our job to be willing to go and be the disciples that Jesus has created us to be. To continue to growing in our relationship with Him so that we can teach others how to do the same. The Lord wants you to go. He wants you to be sent out. He wants you to be sent out to your families, to your neighborhoods, to your homes, to your workplace, to your hobbies, to your kids' sports. I mean, listen, when you go watch your kids' sports and they're sitting on the field playing or they're not on the field playing, and you're sitting beside someone, bring up the gospel. That's the sphere of influence that the Lord has given to you. Those are people that you interact with on a daily basis. Share the gospel with them. The Lord has chosen you and I to be his messengers. Sometimes I don't understand why, but he has. He longs for us to stand before him and say, Here I am, Lord, send me. Will you stand with me, please? whether you're here in this room or you're watching online. Today is a, a day. You know, every Sunday is this day when we can grow closer to the Lord. But I think more importantly, today is a day when we have to sacrifice ourselves to Him. Where we have to say, Lord, here I am, send me. I am a sinful person. I live among sinful people. And I keep saying that not as to put any of you guys down. But it's true. We live in a sinful world. We are sinful people. And so we cry out, Lord, forgive me. Cleanse me. Break me. But Lord, most importantly, because my relationship with you, because my love for you is so great, and I want to do what you have called me to do. And so therefore, in, in Matthew chapter 28, the great... Commission was to go and make disciples of all men. Lord, I will go. Send me. Not when my bank account's full. Not when I have everything in order. Not when I know everything. But just send me now, Father. Help me not to miss the moments in time. Help me not to miss those times when God has placed me in a situation. Every, scene. you know, I'm going to pause my prayer just for a moment. Every opportunity, every. Interaction you have with someone is a God-ordained situation and moment in time. When you go to the grocery store and you're working with the cash register, guess what? That's God-ordained. When you go to the gas station and you're pumping your gas, and there's another man or woman right next to you pumping their gas, that's a God-ordained moment. When you're on your job and you're working, whether you work in a cubicle or you work in the let's to say the toilets, sorry, but <laughs> you work in plumbing. There's a God-ordained moment right there. God ordains all of these moments for you and I to share the gospel with those around us. It's not hard. We just have to be willing. So I want to ask you one last time, are you willing to go? Father, I stand before us and I just ask you, Lord, hear our cries. Father, as men and women who are in this room, as as young adults, as children. It doesn't matter our age, Father. You want to use us. You want to use what you have done for us to experience and to grow disciples, to change others, to come close to you, to send us out from this place to our neighborhoods, to our neighbors, to our coworkers, to our family members, to our friends, the people around us, to share the gospel. But Lord, I pray today, Holy Spirit, I ask you right now in this place, you're convicting the hearts of every single person in this room and asking them, are you willing to go? Are you willing to go? Are you willing to go and, and sacrifice your time? Are you willing to go and sacrifice any embarrassment that you think you may get? Lord, we pray before you today, ask you, forgive us for not doing this. Forgive us for not going. Forgive us for holding back and just waiting for everything to be right. Forgive us for being lazy and not obedient to you. Forgive us for putting all of these things in front of you that are more important to you or to us than you. And so we cry out in this place, Lord, right now, whether we're here in this room or watching online, here I am, Lord, send me. Here I am, Lord, send me. I'm not afraid of where you're going to ask me to go. I'm not afraid of sacrificing anything that you have. Ask me to sacrifice. I'll willingly give it over to you because you are so much greater than anything inside of me. Lord, send me. And when you send me, Lord, give me vision to love like you. Give me vision to see you in the way that I need to. To trust in you and have the faith that I need. Lord, send me. Father, I pray even now as we prepare to sing this worship song that those in this room and that are watching online can truly make that statement and say, here I am, Lord, send me. whether it's in your prayer life and you're quiet and you're just doing it here, or whether you're shouting it at home or you're shouting it here or you're shouting it as you drive home from work or you're driving home from church, wherever it is, make it known to the Lord that you're here to send me. Lord, help us to serve you. Help us to pray these prayers that are changing prayers. Guide us, Father. Direct us. Send us, Father our neighborhoods, into our state, into our country, to the outer ends of the earth. Father, send us. Help us, Father, today. We worship you. Send us to the places that we need to be sent. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's worship together. Lord, I come My I confess bowing here I find you mm-hmm. true every moment of every hour we do need you not only do you do we need you father but we come before you in this place and we stand before you and we say here I am Lord send me but we need your blessings we need your path we need your wisdom we need your understanding father help us Lord as we make that step of faith as we step out to do those things Father, we need you. Guide us on our path, Father, as we go forth from this place. Guide us, teach us how to follow you. Lord, I pray for those that are in this room and that are watching online, if there's anything that they need prayer for, if there's anything that they are struggling through, may you touch them, Lord, at this time. Feel free to comment online if you're doing that online. If you want to come up front here, we'd love to have an opportunity to pray with you. But just know that the Lord loves you. us to send you. So Father, we pray right now in the name of Jesus that you'd send us forth from this place as we go out into our homes and into our neighborhoods. May we share the gospel of Christ with those around us. May we become the disciples that you've called us to be, the disciple-making disciples, Father. The ones that want to learn more about you so that we can teach others more about you. Father, help us this day to grow out from this place sharing the wonderful news, the wonderful gospel news of Jesus. We love you, Lord. We ask you for your guidance. We ask you for your direction. We ask you for your wisdom. We give you glory in Jesus' was precious and holy name. Amen and amen. One final thing before you leave. Don't forget that tomorrow, today actually, is our last day of our 21 days of fast, fasting. We've been fasting for the last 21 days. Hopefully you all have been partaking in that. If you haven't, you can start now. be blessed. I I look forward to hearing what the Lord has been speaking to you through that fast. Be blessed. Have a wonderful week. God bless you all. Don't forget that at 3 o'clock, right? 3 o'clock is a youth group, I think. 3 o'clock is ice skating youth groups. Three? Yep. Got it. 3.30. Meet us back here at 3.30. We love you guys all. Have a great week. God bless you. We'll see you again next week.